welcome to Express Yourself. I'm Kirbanu and this is your podcast for creativity, conscious business and soul expression. I'm very excited to introduce my special guest for you for this podcast episode, the magnificent Katie Hess, who is the founder of Lotus Way, the host of the Flower Lounge podcast and the author of Flower Evolution book. If you have ever been curious about flower essences and the power they can have in your life, if you're feeling that call to get back into nature and to really come into alignment with your true rhythm, then get a pencil and stay tuned for this super exciting or inspiring chat with Katie. Hey, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, thank you for taking the time. It's really exciting for me to connect to you. And I love the background that you have here. Everybody who is listening uh, to this podcast later, you can't see Katie's background, but it's absolutely gorgeous. It looks like a beautiful forest filled with luscious greens and aquas. And I think it's so appropriate to the topic that we're going to be talking about. So Let's just get straight into it. Um, Katie, like, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and, uh, and the work that you're doing? Because I think it's so interesting. And as I said, I'm just really excited to share what you do with my community. Yeah, so my, my goal in life is to reconnect people with nature and reconnect people with a sense of wonder and also with themselves and the greatness of themselves. And we do that in a lot of different ways, primarily with flower essences, but also through different types of services and events and um, experiences. It's such a beautiful statement to reconnect people with nature and to the power of themselves. And um, yeah, that's something I definitely want to jump into that with you a little bit more uh, in a moment, because I think it's such an important topic. Um, and the idea of, of reconnection to nature and rhythm is something that I've been exploring a lot lately. But before I do, how did you actually get into this journey? Like, I imagine that you didn't just wake up one day and say, this is what I'm going to do. How did, how did you find your way into this path? And, and when did it become a really deep calling for you to develop further into a business? Mm -hmm. I mean, I was searching ever since I was a little kid for, you know, what, where was my tribe? Where were my people? What was I supposed to do? What was that big thing? And I was just so frustrated as an only child living in a tiny town, you know, seven years old. And so by the time I graduated college, I had so much pent up energy that I was just like, I have to get out now and like discover what it is that I'm supposed to do. So I, I traveled a lot. I lived in Europe for a couple of years. I lived in Mexico for a couple of years. I traveled throughout Asia and I ended up meeting an expert in flower essences from Spain and meeting him was uh, instrumental because, you know, he taught me that every flower on the planet has a really specific benefit for us. And he also taught me about the power of the ripple effect. And he was, he was saying if we could get 3% of the world's population to work with flower remedies, it would create enough of a momentum and tipping point that it would change the future of the planet. And so that that really like struck a chord in me because I think, you know, so many of us at times we look at the world, especially today, and we just think, oh my God, there's so many challenges, so many problems. How do I contribute in a way that's meaningful and impactful? And so probably today I would guess it's more around 1%. If we can just get 1% of the world's population, you know, working with flower remedies, it will uh, create enough of a transformative effect um, that it will be felt. And, and, and so... 
I came back to the United States and just dove right in. I've been working with flower senses for 20 years. The first 10 were only doing one-on-one -on -one consultations. And then the second 10 were kind of bumbling and struggling and figuring out how to run a business and be an entrepreneur. <laughs> but I think that's how it happens, isn't it? It's like, not that you plan that. I mean, it's the same for me in the work that I do as a musician, as a voice empowerment coach. It's like, I didn't plan this. I didn't plan to have my own business. Um, it just kind of unfolded like that. Also through a deep desire to help people and to help people transform and to connect to themselves. And of course, my mission is to help people connect to their authentic voice and help them express that and share that in the world and share the message. And you obviously have your mission, which is equally important. Um, I love what you just said about, you know, let's just get 3%, 1% and, and let's, let's look at this transformation, like the ripple effect. What can we do every day to help lead this like lead this forward um tell us a little bit about what flower essences are because i imagine some people know this but perhaps many people have no idea what we're talking about yeah so <clears throat> there are actually some studies in the uk where they showed that bees are not attracted to flowers based on color or scent like we had thought that there are these electrical impulses that the flowers are emitting it's kind of like floral wi-fi you know and we think like uh, we're skeptical because we can't see it, but it's there and it's happening. And when we were in, when we were in nature, there's like uploading and downloading and receiving of information. Um, so that's exactly what we're collecting are these really subtle electrical impulses being emitted from the flowers. The flowers are like the antenna of the earth's wisdom. The earth has been here for 4.5 billion years. There's so much wisdom. And uh, each flower is like a, you know, specific sort of slice of that. Um, and so through this like beautiful simple process called solar infusion, which was uh, discovered in the 1930s, um, we're able to the, use the light from the sun or the moon to catalyze that life force and drive it into the water, which is like a recording device. And you stabilize it with alcohol. And then when you introduce it on or in your body, it harmonizes your own body's energies using the same meridians that acupuncturists and Far Eastern uh, doctors have used for the last three to 5,000 years. Okay, so you're taking the energy of the flower, like, is that what's happening? You're working with the energy of each individual flower and then you're putting this energy into a, a, a tincture or, or, or a... Yeah, and, and, and I should say that flower essences have been around for thousands of years. It isn't just, you know, since the 1930s. The, the Aborigines in Australia were drinking the dewdrops off of the bush lollies, right? And the the yogis and yoginis in the Himalayas were doing fasting retreats, um, working with a substance called chulen, which is like from gemstones and flowers. You see it in Central America, you see it in Europe, you see it everywhere, um, where people are drinking the dewdrops from the tops of flowers. So this is just um, <clears throat> like a modern way to bring it into life because where I live, we don't even have dew; it's so dry. Um, and uh, it's just a, a way to be able to collect it so you can bottle it and then be able to use it anytime throughout the day, no matter where you are. And how do you go about choosing like which flowers you're going to work with? Do you make combinations of flowers or do you have like just pure essences of one flower? How do you also, oh, and the backup questions that is, how do you also know like what energies certain flowers have and what like medicinal properties and which flower would be better for how, I imagine there's a huge process involved. So how do you make those choices? 
Yeah. So the first seven years of, of my career, I worked with my teacher's flower essences, and I used that as like a self-training ground to develop my intuition and ability to trust myself that the information I was getting was correct. So when I started going out into the wild and collecting my own flower essences, I already had kind of a base of, okay, I can, I can trust in this. Um, how do you know? Well, I directly asked the plant itself or the earth to instruct me. And sometimes it sounds like a voice in my head. Sometimes it's a feeling. Sometimes, you know, there are many ways that a plant can tra transmit information. And this sounds kind of out there to some people, but this is the way that things have always been done. You know, I don't believe, I personally don't believe that, uh, you know, in the olden days, people were just like tasting and trying things and then saying like, oops, that was poisonous. Someone died. I believe that there is this, uh, you know, there's a communication going on. And so many times when we're in nature, we can already detect when something is poisonous. If we had never seen a scorpion before, there's still an aura that's like very strong, you know, that you know to kind of stay away. And the same goes with plants. Um, so I find the most helpful to be just direct information to the plant also because the words that come through will be appropriate to whoever is the audience or whoever is collecting. Um, I always make that intention, like, you know, give me the precise words that are going to really resonate with my community and the people that I can reach and touch. In terms of uh, combinations and singles, um, in my experience, I find combinations to be a little more well-rounded and really good for people who are just starting to take flower essences. You can tackle an issue from many different angles. If you can't sleep, for some people, it might be tension, physical tensions. For other people, it might be like racing mind. For other people, it might be worrying or not being able to let go. Um, so, so combination like bouquet in a bottle is really helpful for being able to see results fast in the beginning. Um, for, for kind of pros or people who've been taking flower essences for a long time, I find single flowers to be a little more to the point, a little deeper and more profound, uh, but also a little more subtle. So you really have to be aware and like be looking for what is it tweaking in you? Does that make sense? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that I think what you said, which I think is really important, and maybe let's go deeper on that topic is, you know, um, listening to, to the transmission of the flower, like connecting to the energy of nature, um, allowing the wisdom of nature to speak to you and, and to, to let yourself be open to, to the experience of what it has to share with you. Um, and yes, it absolutely makes sense with what you said about uh, keeping it kind of I guess, easier to access for people who are new to the experience and then more refined for people who have been working uh, with the with the flower essences for a longer period of time and allowing them to get more specific in, in their own journey. And because, of course, as you experience, if I understand correctly, um, refining your palette, refining your intuition, your experience of how that works um, over time through using them. So it does make sense. I think it's a very a very beautiful uh, process. And maybe let's let's take that topic and go a little bit deeper with it because something I'm exploring at the moment in my own journey in society are about rhythm. And uh, my mentor gave me a challenge for the next month. And she said, let's just us both be aware of rhythm throughout the next month. And for me, this is an interesting topic because what is rhythm? You know, life is rhythm. We have different rhythms throughout the day. We have different rhythms in our body. We have different rhythms in the mind, the rhythms of the seasons, of the moon, of the water, of the oceans. Um, how do I bring myself back into the rhythm of my soul is the question that I'm kind of pondering at the moment as I go through my day. And so perhaps I, I'm interested in, in 
yeah, opening that space for you about this idea of rhythm and how can how can reconnecting to nature help us better understand our own rhythm? Oh my God, it's everything. It's really everything. I mean, when you go out into the wild and you see like, the, you know, a crazy, enormous mountainside or you see the ocean or you see the, the jungle, you see the enormity of it, you know, and at first you feel really small. But then when you become like when you get that sense of like being totally interconnected and interwoven and a part of it you become that enormity you feel and sense that enormity and you recognize and realize you are that enormity that same enormity right and so um when you speak in terms of getting in and reconnecting with the rhythm of your own soul i think it's mm, and your own rhythms it it's like one of the most powerful tools that we have at our disposal at our disposal and i have been really surprised in the last two years i mean i'm like continually um surprised by the power of flower essences and their ability to really root and anchor you into who you are without any of the external influences right we're so influenced by the news and the media and people and connections that we have and even just the collective consciousness and I've noticed in the last couple of years that people who really are either spending lots of time in nature or consuming flower remedies regularly, they're totally unaffected by anything that's going on in the external world. They're so rooted in the truth of who they are. And they're unaffected by any kind of, you know, world events or any kind of, um, you know, thing ripples out in the universe. Um, so I, I mean, I, I can't think of anything that is more powerful than getting in touch with your own rhythm. I really appreciate what you said about, about how flower essences can help us, I guess, to deepen our connection to nature from an internal perspective, from this vibrational perspective on this whole other level than this grabbing on the physical, like, you know, um, I think that's really beautiful to reinforce this sense of I am a part of nature. I am connected to the to the wisdom of the earth, to the wisdom of what is around me, and and I can use this connection as a way to fortify myself uh, from like this, yeah, this extreme, let's say, distraction culture that we seem to be in. This extreme, like, really losing ourselves to flashing and buzzing and news and like oh, all of this stuff which seems often for me at least really intense and really cognitive um cognitively heavy um so i think it's very beautiful how you said that the essences can be such an inner support for us perhaps even if we're living in the city and don't have the opportunity um you know to be in the mountains or to go to the ocean or to dive into the profound beauty of nature and get the refreshing yeah, the refreshment that that gives us, rather we can take it from inside. Well, and that's on, I mean, we're speaking on a kind of a more metaphorical level, but if you even just think on like literally terms of vibration, how do our cell phones work? How do our laptops work? What's Bluetooth? What's Wi-Fi? How is it even possible that you and I are speaking? How do we send images, videos, song, music, poetry on these invisible waves that travel through space? I mean, it's really mind boggling if you think about it, right? And how all of those waves that are moving throughout space can negatively affect our bodies because we're not compatible like we are with nature. Um, so we have all these electronic you know, songs in a sense. And um, I think increasingly, especially as we move into 5G, 
we need those energies and vibrations from nature to to remind us of who we are literally on a on a sound level or on a vibrational level I mean, I definitely notice it for myself, like, you know, I'm in Athens at the moment, and I'm staying like in the middle of the city in a really great area, but obviously, it's just buildings and traffic. Um, and there's a park at the end of the street. And I went and got my groceries last week. And I walked from the busy street through the park to get uh, to my apartment. And you know, as soon as I walked into the park, I felt the energy of the trees enveloping me. And I felt this other beingness and it was so refreshing and you know we often hear about green bathing or this kind of idea but it was so tangible for me in that moment to stand even though it was a city park it's not like standing at the Grand Canyon or a Big Sur you know but it was enough just to be in that earthing moment and to feel the really the the enveloping the the you know cuddlingness of, of nature like I really felt that and I really appreciated it so much and I appreciated the gift it gave me in that moment to just really reconnect and ground and calm myself from the kind of busy chaos of, of the city life yeah if you listen it it's like the volume goes up I think um, you know a lot of people think oh well I live in a city I don't get into nature but you know, every time I would go to New York City, I was always amazed, you know, I would tell my friends like, wow, it's so lush and green here, because I'm coming from Phoenix in the desert where many things are brown and cactus, you know, and they would look at me like, you're crazy. This is New York City, you know, but I'm seeing like huge magnolia trees and flowers. And, uh, and you know, even if you live in a big city, if you take the time to really listen, it, it's like it turns up the volume and you can, you can actually tap into the five elements and absorb them through your skin even by intention i think that's a beautiful thing that you just said and, and i agree with you i think it's important for us to no matter where we are to attune ourselves to what is available to us because this is available to us everywhere like the five elements are everywhere and we can connect into that provided we just choose to um, so I love what you just said. Let's um, let's dive a little bit more now into this idea of business, mm -hmm. because I mean, as you said, you were working with your teacher's flower essences, and then suddenly you were making your own, and you know, uh, in this kind of entrepreneurial space and and making a business, and and I know from myself uh, falling into that space as well as an artist, <laughs> what that can mean. Um, what two challenges did you face along the way that impacted you, but that have really helped you to grow in your business journey? What didn't I? I mean, I think the whole point of, you know, business, for me, business is a spiritual path. And so the business can only be as good as the person running it at the top. So for me, the main priority I have is how much can I evolve? How much can I transform? How much can I move and gently work through self-limitation um, or habitual patterns that hold me back? because that will then liberate the business even more. But on a tangible level, like when I first started, nobody was interested in what I had. <laughs> I mean, I dealt with skepticism. I dealt with like, where is my industry? I should be in health food, but nobody there wants me. You know, I didn't even know how to do accounting in the beginning, like the first couple of years. I, I didn't know how to do marketing. I didn't know how to do social media. Like everything about business, you just have to figure it out. Uh, so I had so many failures and so many challenges. Let's talk about voice. I was freaking terrified. 
I couldn't speak to groups, right? Like I was, um, you know, afraid to say what I did. I was, I was afraid to speak. I remember speaking to a thousand people once doing like a, a business pitch and just like my whole body shaking. Um, you know, so many challenges, writing a book, feeling like, oh my God, all these people are going to see me and what's going to happen? <laughs> Will I be killed? Um, so many challenges. How does it help you grow? I mean, I just think that when you work through those challenges individually, one by one, it opens up a whole new door and a whole new world. And your business can only expand to the ability that you can. So it's just this constant, you know, and it never ends. Like you never get there. <laughs> it's like you get through one thing and you're like, oh, and then there's the next thing, you know, and it doesn't matter how many zeros are in your gross revenue or your net revenue or whatever. You're still always figuring out the next step. I love what you said. And I, I underline everything you just said. And, you know, I mean, sometimes it's like taking two steps forward, one step backwards, or I feel like my own personal journey goes in waves. So I like go to the top of the wave and I'm like, yeah, everything's so zen. I feel so aligned. And then <laughs> I crash down again. And then, you know, I'm, I was born at the ocean. So like, I'm always, I'm always having wave metaphors in my life and in my journey. <laughs> But I really love what you said because I connect to that so much for myself. And in that, I, I see, I can folk, like completely agree with everything you said. I absolutely am, have been and continue to fail forward and continue to learn and grow and evolve and try and do and all of this. And I, I love how real you keep it because that's how it is. It is a messy, beautiful, chaotic, crazy, wild ride. Um, <laughs> and so I think what you just said and how you said it is, is perfect. Um, but what I also noticed for myself is like, when I get obsessed in, in that cognitive part of my brain, uh, in the anxiety part of my brain, which is a part of me, um, and focused on numbers or focused on clients or focused on frustration with, you know, I've just been learning business accounting in German, which is a journey in itself, um, and like marketing and all of these things. When I get focused on the problems, then it's like my energy contracts and I become in this other space in myself, you know? And then, however, when I look at myself and, and look at really what is going on in the inside, as you said, and use this as an opportunity for personal growth and rather focus on my growth and, and what's going on for me and just let the business be, but rather focus on improving myself and, and, and nurturing myself and nurturing the person standing behind the business, then it's like there's an openness and an expansion and then things flow. And I think that is such an interesting observation, at least it has been for me. And so I find it really interesting what you just said about putting yourself first, like the business is only good, as good as the person standing at the top. And it's that person's responsibility to take care of themselves first and foremost and of their personal journey first and foremost. And everything else comes out of that space. Yeah, I mean, from what you were saying, I was just going to say like, even if it's personal challenges, that still instructs the business, right? Because what I noticed when I was seeing people one-on-one -on -one doing fluorescence therapy is that uh, when I would go through a particular challenge, like really deep something in life, you know, nothing to do with business. When I felt like, okay, I have handled it. I figured out a way. I figured out the key and the puzzle piece to get through. I would have a flood of clients come in with that same issue, right? And I think, I think therapists see that everywhere. It happens so often. And so, you know, same goes with business. If you're doing, uh, working with people one-on-one, -on -one, um, you see that pattern 
And so the more that we can, you know, find the puzzle pieces within ourselves, the more we can help other people. Love what you just said. And I totally see that with my clients because I do obviously voice empowerment coaching and I have a lot of people coming to me for, for their voice. And I often find exactly that, that I get the people who I need, like with, with the issues that I have worked on or even with the issues that I'm still working on, because it's like a reminder for myself of going through this journey and through going through this journey, I can then help them. One of the things I often find myself talking about is like ease and, and like, you know, finding the spaciousness and, and taking off the pressure because I feel like so many of us are putting so much pressure on ourselves. And I see that physically in the voice that people just can't even get their voice out. It's like everything gets trapped on the inside. And in the end, often what's standing behind this is like some crazy level of perfectionism and pressure or judgment or comparison or all of these things. So I really resonate with what you said. Um, I'm curious, you mentioned your book and I see this on your Instagram, obviously. How and why did you write a book? And um, how was that journey for you? Because I imagine that was like quite a commitment. Huge commitment, two years. Uh, well, and also just like the whole, everything that leads up to it that creates a body of work to even put in a book. <laughs> um, I always wanted to use that as a tool to educate and to help reach people. It turned out to be like a choose your own adventure book. You know, I loved those as kids where you could, you know, if you want this ending, you turn to that page. Um, and so it's really like um, a place to find yourself. You know, there are these spreads of flowers and you choose the ones you're most attracted to in the moment. And then you turn to that page. And yes, you find out information about the flower and what it does for you. But it, more importantly, it's like a window into you. What's happening for you? What's like being stirred on the inside? What are, you know, what are the deepest parts of you wanting to move more into? And so I love that aspect of flowers as teachers of, um, you know, what's happening on the inner, inner landscape as, as well as our ability to know that we know what we need. Um, and I was in India and the, I was, a, you know, this beautiful like videographer, Hollywood cinematographer who does um, time-lapse flower, you know, blooming um, imageries for movies. We were like, why don't we do a book together? You can do the photography. Well, I'll do the writing. And it just kind of fell into place. Wow, that sounds so incredible. It sounds so beautiful. And I like this idea of, you know, just, yeah, trusting again your intuition that you will find what you need. For me, that's often like mantra because I work a lot with mantra and um, something similar. It's kind of like, let the mantra choose you in a sense. Like it sounds like that with your book, you know, open the page and go on your own journey and then, yeah, allow that to speak to you, discover what you need, trust that. Yeah, trust that the knowledge is there for you and that it will find you when you need it. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I think we are trained, you know, to be disempowered sometimes through like the educational system or the medical system or political system, that we need someone with a white coat to tell us what we need and what's wrong with us and what needs to be fixed. And that's, you know, just why I love so much going back to nature, because it shows us that we know exactly what we need, even if we don't intellectually know what we know, you know, if you walk into a flower shop, if you just move towards what you're drawn to, that will inevitably be the, t the healing tool that you most need in that moment. Or even if you go in, like, for example, um, we already speak the language of flowers. We just don't know. Like, if you think about um, Valentine's Day we just had, right? You wouldn't give your lover a bunch of white lilies for Valentine's Day. It just doesn't feel right. 
like in the same way that you wouldn't give your mom on Mother's Day like red long stem roses. It doesn't seem right. So we we already know these things. It's just a matter of like listening and trusting. I think that's so beautiful, like just listening and trusting. And yeah, maybe on that note, I think I'm going to kind of bring this beautiful conversation with you kind of towards the end, even though I can feel that it can just go, it could be a really abundant, long conversation. And maybe I'll have to have you on for a second, a second podcast interview so that we can talk a little bit more because it's really just, I feel like we just scratched the surface of what we could talk about. Um, but I really love the direction that we went in. And thank you so much for sharing your story and for sharing a little bit about the power of flower essences and what they can be for us. And yeah, and what, what, what it can mean for us to reconnect our own rhythm through connecting to nature. Um, something I really like to ask people at the end of the podcast is this following question. So I'm, I want to give it to you and I'm looking forward to hearing your answer. If there was just one message that you could leave the world with, what would it be? Mm. <clears throat> I would say that you're powerful beyond your wildest belief. That <clears throat> the greatest obstacle is also you. And so the moment that you can like gently and lovingly and compassionately work with all the parts of yourself that are afraid, that are worried, that are waiting for the, the worst shoe to drop, you know, that if we can like bring all those parts of ourselves and give them love and compassion and allow them to be there and everybody can like sit at the big table, uh, you can find expansion beyond your wildest belief. Like you don't even know how big and how powerful you are. And if you allow that to happen and flowers are such a great ally in that, they can help pull all those powerful parts of you out and, and the things that you're really good at that you don't even know you're good at yet. I love that so much. You are powerful beyond your wildest belief. Oh my God. Thank you so much, Katie, for making time to uh, connect, to share some of your story, to share what flower essences are and how they can help people. And um, I'm really looking forward to sharing this podcast episode. And of course, to everyone who is listening on the podcast, you can stay in touch with Katie and find out everything about her and her flower essences, her book and her podcast uh, in the show notes. Thank you so, so, so much for joining me. And um, yeah, let's do it again soon. Thank you so much. Such a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this vibrant chat that I got to have with Katie. I know it was a lot of fun for me and I'm really looking forward to connecting with her again, as I just shared. And of course, if you want to hear more from her, please do follow up and connect with her through her resources in the show notes below. As a special mention before I say goodbye, if you are looking to connect to your true voice, if you want to get your message out into the world, if you want to free your voice without any hesitation, then I invite you to something very special. It is March. It is my upcoming course, Express Yourself. This is a once in a year event. I only take 15 people into the course. I offer the course in English and in German. Befreie deine Stimme auf Deutsch. That's for all the German listeners. And you can find out everything you want to know about it in the show notes. And of course, also on my website, kirbani.com. Just look for Express Yourself there. And as something very special, special for you listening now, I'm also offering a free workshop in the next two weeks just to give you a little bit of overview about what the course is and also to give you some tips that you can use right now to help you have a better more authentic relationship to your voice 
and as I said, to help you get your message into the world because you are unique, your voice is unique and the world absolutely needs to hear the message that you have to share. I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Until then, bye for now.